Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's uh, Monday, June 28th, 2021. Good to have you with us here for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Uh, we continue our catechesis through the book of Romans, a little readings there, but, all, but especially focused on uh, the book of Acts. We'll be in Acts chapter 13. Uh, it looks to be the second half of the chapter today. Yep. Uh, well, there'll be a few verses left for tomorrow. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we say our memory verse for this week. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Romans 12, verses 17 through 18. And our psalm is Psalm 119. Now, uh, Tate and Yod. All right. Tate begins in verse 65. Good. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling, like fat, but delight, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made me, made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your just decrees are righteous, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me, according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame, because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me, that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading today, again, is a continuation from the book of Romans, now Romans chapter 5, uh, starting with verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. 
For if by the one man's offense many died, and much more the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All right. So one note here, I note that the editors, this whole section that I have highlighted, um, put in parentheses, and it does make sense that verse 12 introduces an idea that doesn't really return explicitly until verse 18, right? Just as one man's sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, therefore as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, right? So he introduces the idea, but doesn't actually finish the statement in verse 12 because of this long interlude talking about um, how um, one man's trespass, Adam, uh, did not bring life, could not bring life. All right. Now our reading for Catechesis from Acts 13, beginning in verse 13. Now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John, remember John Mark, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch and Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, stay on. Then Paul stood up, motioning and motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with an uplifted arm he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about forty years he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. After that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus, after John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all people of Israel. And as John was finishing, finishing his course, he said, Who do you think that I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, 
sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, the promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus, as it is also written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. And therefore he says in another psalm, you will not allow your holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one will were to declare it to you. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. All right, so some catechesis on the text. A bit longer, but uh, a lot of summary stuff in here, so that shouldn't take us too long. Who left Saul and Barnabas after this? Again, there he is, John. Remember John, surname Mark, right? John Mark. And to where did uh, Saul sail? Yeah, to Perga in Pamphylia, right? And then from there, he went on to Antioch and Pisidia. Um, Antioch and Pisidia is about 110 miles from Perga. And uh, Antioch and Pisidia is the, the hub of all sorts of good roads and trade. It's a Roman colony, and um, because of its economy, of course, and there are a lot of people there, including a large Jewish population. Uh, what did Paul and Barnabas do first then? Just as we saw last week. So again here, they went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Uh, what's the important pattern of the synagogue, um, of the synagogue is followed in our worship? Right here in verse 15, right? We still follow this pattern. After the reading of the law and the prophets, of course, we have uh, the law, the prophets, David, um, and the apostles, evangelists, okay? Then the rulers of the synagogue said to them, um, if you have any word of exhortation, the people say on. In other words, preach us a sermon, right? Just like us. And who is asked to um, preach the sermon here? It's actually Paul. Huh. Uh, what story does this remind us? Here, think Luke volume 1. This would be Luke 4. Um, so he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. 
And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And when and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. All right, and then he reads from Isaiah. And when he closed the book, he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. All the eyes uh, of the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, "Here's a sermon. It's not long. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing." So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And then he said to them, and he has got quite a bit more to say there. All right. So there, there's a Paul following the same pattern. All right. So now we work through the sermon a little bit. What happened in the 40 years of wandering? What did he say? Well, God chose this people. Um, but I like this expression right here in verse 18. Just like a, uh, like a earthly father. So we have God the Father. He put up with their ways in the wilderness. He tolerated them, in other words. Um, or he suffered them. I think that's even a better way to say it. He suffered their uh, rebellion, their unbelief, etc. What was emphasized there then in verse 19? Yeah, it's God who destroyed the nations and gave them the land um, according to his allotting, that is, according to his promise. All right. Now, who gave Israel judges? Again, who's the subject of the, of the sentence? He, meaning God, right? So God is the one doing uh, until the, the days of Samuel the prophet. And then the people ask, all right, here's where the people insert themselves. They ask for a king, right? We see that in verse 21. And uh, why did they want a king? I've talked about this before. Yeah, they're rejecting God as king. Uh, and they, they want a king like the nations around them. Right? You can go see that in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Uh, who is appointed king first? There we have Saul, of course, the son of Kish. Right? A man from Benjamin, 40 years. And then God raised up a king for them. And this time it's David. And of course, um, he has a testimony about David here. Is a man after my own heart. What promise is given uh, by way of David then? Yeah, by way of David, God will raise up for Israel a savior uh, for Israel. And of course, his name is, end of verse 23, Jesus. Uh, what had John preached before Jesus coming? Uh, the baptism of repentance, right? And uh, as he approached the end of the ministry, what had John preached about Jesus? Isn't it interesting? This word is well known by the uh, apostles, right? Yeah, about not being worthy to loose the sandals of the one coming after him. What did Paul preach had happened at Jerusalem? Yeah. Uh, we'll just do a little bit of a summary here, but you can see, especially in verse 27, those who dwelt in Jerusalem and their rulers had fulfilled the words of the prophets, right? Which uh, were read every Sabbath. You see that? And they condemned Jesus, which is a fulfillment of God's word, and asked that Pilate put an innocent man to death. See that verse 28. Uh, because they did not know the scriptures. Huh. Or Jesus, for that matter. Um, what did they do when they had fulfilled all that was written? 
Yeah, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. And what did God do? This is key here. God raised him from the dead. Um, what does Paul stress there in verse 31 then? Yeah, Jesus was seen by witnesses, right? So we have eyewitness testimony, which is an emphasis in the Gospels. Here it is in the book of Acts as well. Um, and of course, now he has got some good news. I'm going to declare to you good tidings, the promise which was made to the fathers, which is particularly what? Yeah, the resurrection of Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise. All right. Um, what is the importance of this language of corruption? We see this all throughout verse 34, right? There it is, corruption. And then again, quoting the psalm in verse 35. Well, think about the reading we just heard last Saturday, right? With the, uh, the death of um, Herod Agrippa. Remember what happened to his body? When he was struck by the Lord, there was ate by it ate was eaten by worms, right? Yeah, and so here's the contrast with with the death of Jesus, which of course, um, you know, is not the earthly ruler of the Jews, but um, the heavenly one, right? The new Israel, All right? And of course, it doesn't see corruption, not no worms. Um, this sermon should sound familiar to you, by the way. Do you notice what it it even ends very similarly to another sermon? Um, this is from Paul, but it, it's similar to a sermon from Peter. That's right, at Pentecost, back in Acts chapter 2. Right? So we have the pattern of, of apostolic preaching here being set. What happens through this man, Jesus, who, was, who died and was raised up by God? What does it say there? Well, you've got it right here in verse 38. Uh, the preaching of the forgiveness of sins, uh, and then everyone who believes is justified um, from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. All right, what warning does Paul give them? And then this is a quote from Habakkuk, all right? Yeah, that they should hear and believe the words or they will perish with the wicked, right? And that's true for everyone, um, even for those who uh, claim to be Christians, but who have uh, walked away from the word. All right, meditation on this text. Paul reminds his hearers that they were chosen by God to be bearers of the promise. It was God who brought them out of Egypt, put up with their sinful stubbornness in the wilderness, and given them the promised land. The history of Israel was a history of God's gracious dealing with his people. And even when they rejected his son, the father raised him for their justification. God still deals patiently with stubborn sinners in today's church and proclaims to the world that through Christ there is forgiveness of sins. Though the law of Moses still condemns us, yet we have been justified for the sake of the atoning work of Jesus. Those who hear and believe these words are those whom he has called by the gospel from all nations. All right. This week we confess the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer and lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not dece deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, lead us out of temptation. Guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature 
may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, another great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, on this Monday we pray for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. All right, we rejoice with all those who celebrated um, birthdays yesterday, Autumn, Ruth, and Eugene. Um, Also, uh, with Anne and I, we celebrated our wedding anniversary yesterday. Continue uh, to ask the Lord's blessing upon the work of the LWML Convention and Barb. We ask the Lord be with those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, and Janice, Sandy, Ken, and Kaylee. Also our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. And the mission of the month, Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. All right, we pray our collect for this week. O Lord, grant that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by your governance that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also a commemoration. It's Irenaeus of Lyon. Uh, Irenaeus, AD 130-200, believed to be a native of Smyrna, which is in modern Izmir, Turkey, studied in Rome and later became pastor in Lyon, France. Around AD 177, while Irenaeus was away from Lyon, a fierce persecution of Christians led to the martyrdom of his bishop. Upon Irenaeus's return, he became bishop of Lyon. Among his most famous writings is a work condemning heresies, especially Gnosticism, which denied the goodness of creation, among other things. In opposition, Irenaeus confessed that God has redeemed his creation through the incarnation of the Son. Irenaeus also affirmed the teaching of the scriptures handed down to and through him as being normative for the church. We pray. Almighty God, you upheld your servant Irenaeus with strength to confess the truth against every blast of vain doctrine. By your mercy, keep us steadfast in the true faith, that in constancy we may walk in peace on the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. 
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. I sing quite a lovely hymn. This is actually a relatively new hymn uh, to us, coming from um, actually a composer out east. Oh, I, I don't want to reach my book right now. I could read you a little summary of the, of the hymn. Um, but it's called Entrust Your Days and Burdens. I really think it's worth our effort to learn it. And we'll do the, I'll do the best I can to sing it as my voice continues to uh, <coughs> cause me some fits here. All right. So let's sing. Oh, 
Like I said, quite a lovely hymn. Uh, it would normally not be that hard for me to sing, but uh, I've been losing my voice, so there you go. All right, so Lord be with you all and keep you safe and uh, strengthen you in his word and spirit. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again tomorrow, 9 a.m. for our congregation of prayer. Lord be with you all. <laughs>